Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Will McElroy, and today I am joined with Reed Towns. What's up, Reed? What's up? And also, as always, Hannah Spence. Hey, how's it going? And then our student guest for today is Ruthie. Ruthie hey, Grant. guys. Ruthie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what are you doing with your life next year? Yeah. Just, yeah. Wild. Who knows? Um. Hey, guys, my name is Ruthie. I'm a senior in high school. I'm homeschooled. I go to Richland Community College, go Thunder Ducks, and I'm going to <laughs> don't Thunder. laugh, don't laugh at my mascot. Um, I'm going to the University of Arkansas in the fall. Whoop Thunder Ducks. Oh yes. What is a Thunder Duck? From the ducks to the pigs. <laughs> exactly. A Thunder Duck is literally a duck with a purple head, and it's running with like a lightning bolt in its wing, paw, hmm. wing, wing, hey. wing. Um, yeah. So really, it should be like a lightning yeah. duck. But you just but love the farm mascots. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I don't even know. Uh, okay, Reed, <laughs> I'm gonna give give you the mic, man. Well, to... speaking of speaking of ducks and animals and farm animals, it's not a farm animal, but we're talking about a turkey today. Mm. Okay, the, some farms. The common phrase that doesn't make common sense. The common saying is that what you said? The common, yeah, Commons, yeah, yeah. The common sense. saying that doesn't make common sense. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Uh, is is. Specifically, well, we were talking before the podcast today about coffee uh-huh. and how some of us might have coffee addictions. Okay. Crazy. We're not, we're, nonsense. So we're not, we're not going to get deeper into that. We can get deeper into that later. But specifically the phrase to stop cold turkey mm. doesn't make a ton of sense. Not sure why a turkey is involved in that. Um, but want to hear your thoughts on that what does it mean like you're asking where the origin comes from yeah i feel like every, we all know like that just means to stop abruptly right but, right. but why where's yeah. the turkey coming right. to play where's like, the why? origin of why does that make sense why does yeah. that mean just like why is the turkey quit? we just assume we like we just assume that it makes sense to say to stop cold turkey but we're never we never question why the turkey is involved yeah why it's cold so little known and fact. Told, yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> I feel like turkeys probably are like snakes or something where when it's cold, they can't really fly or <laughs> run. Snakes can't fly. And so they just stop when it gets cold. Can turkeys fly like when it's warm? I mean, they have wings. They can't fly. Their bodies are too big. Why do they have think, wings? I don't think they can fly when it's warm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have wings I'll be feathers? honest. <laughs> when I hear that, I think of like a bunch of like sliced cold turkey lunch meat. And I'm but like, why does that have? What does that have to do with stopping? That's why it doesn't make sense to me. Hannah would never eat. That's why turkey. my. That's why mine makes more sense Lunch today. So I'm currently winning. <laughs> Ruthie, I literally, I guess, okay. This might be too far, but when you're hunting, mm. <laughs> a turkey will stop cold. Okay. Like, you know, oh, when you kill it, like when you're cold. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like when did I just get? I don't know. That's yeah. I'm homeschooled. Reed, what, no. what's the I mean, answer? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you're all wrong, uh, except for Will. No, I was kidding. Nah. Was like, How did he get that? I was the closest. Will was probably the furthest. Oh, uh, to, so it was so me. So it comes from 
the origin, it actually comes from another phrase. So another phrase that isn't used as much anymore, it used to be to talk turkey. If someone was talking turkey, that meant... Will's talking turkey all yeah. the time. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> to, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> to talk turkey means to talk matter of fact, straightforward, straight to the point. Okay. Will mm. talks turkey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that phrase turned into, uh, for somehow, some reason, cold turkey. Um, some individuals believe that the phrase draws from the comparison between the cold, clammy, and rigid flesh of a skin turkey <laughs> with that of the cold, clammy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Okay. Yeah. Man. So I was right is all I yeah. heard with the cold lunch meat. Well, how about we talk some turkey and get straight to the, <laughs> let's get straight let's to, get to the, the point, point of this podcast. <laughs> we'll talk some turkey and just get right, right to it. Nice. Um, so. Good trend. Good trend. Always our trend. But today, Ruthie came on and she wanted to talk about the hope of heaven. And so, when you clicked on this podcast, the title will probably be something like, What is the hope of heaven? And I think I read that that phrase, the hope of heaven, is mentioned more than 350 times in the New Testament. And so, it is just something that's frequently talked about. However, when I think about heaven, I feel like my mind, my thoughts do not reflect the frequency of what it, how often it is mentioned in scripture. Because I think scripture is saying this is something that should be on our mind. The hope of heaven should be something that we're always thinking of. But when I think about myself or when I bring it up with other people, I feel like we just, we often don't think about it. And so I hope today that as you guys listen to this podcast, that maybe for the first time for many of you in a long time, you can start thinking about what is heaven going to be like? Where Where is my hope? Is it in heaven? And what is the hope of heaven? But anyways, before we even get too farther into that conversation, I wanted to give Ruthie to just ask you and give you the opportunity to say, why did you pick this topic? Because I know it's a, in many ways, a daunting topic, especially as a high school student, but why... Why you, Ruthie? Why did you pick this? Yeah. Um, thanks. So in 2017, my mom was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is a cancer in the bone marrow. And it was terminal um, not long after that. So basically, my mom did a ton of treatment and it was just prolonging life. Um, but quickly, heaven was just something that was talked about in our house a lot because we realized that our mom was going to be there a lot sooner than we had hoped. Um, and so in 2021, my mom was given like a three to six month time limit basically and ended up living like eight months, which was such a God thing. But my mom, um, passed away in March of 2022. And so since then, I think rightfully so the idea and the picture and the truth of heaven has been heavy on my heart and on my mind. And so, yeah, I think that's been, I mean, heaven has just been something that I think about every day, you know, and mm. I live my life in a constant, like, man, when do we get to be in heaven? When am I going to be with Jesus? Um, and just what does heaven look like in comparison to this world? Mm. So, yeah. And what, as you've had to think about it, like a lot just over the past mm. year or two, what, what is it going to look like? Uh, obviously, maybe we can't right. <laughs> paint a full picture, <laughs> but from what you know and from what we know and 
just as you've thought about it, like, what do you think heaven will be like? Yeah. Um, I think Revelation 20 paints a really great picture of what heaven's going to be like. And, you know, I think we hear these verses a lot, especially when talking about heaven, but just to sit in it and think about what is it going to be like when there's no more death or no more crying or no more pain, um, you know, and then just putting that verse like into perspective of like no more cancer, you know, no more broken relationships, no more divorced parents, um, no more terminal diagnosis. And like just putting that into the perspective of, I don't even, I don't think our human minds can wrap around that, Mm. you know, because Mm. we're so prone to being okay with brokenness because it's what a lot of us have always known, you know? Um, I think of heaven and I think of the presence of Jesus and how we won't be able to do anything but praise Jesus, you know? And I think for a lot, like a lot of times high school students and just a lot of people, adults too in general can be like, man, aren't we going to get bored? (laughs) Like, Isn't that just going to get a little redundant? And man, the truth is that we were made to worship Jesus, whether we have been doing that on earth or not, but to be in the presence of the Lord is to be absent from sin and absent from the brokenness of the world. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I, I think that, that, that absence of, of sin is just something that I get so excited about when I think about heaven specifically is, I mean, I know there'll be so many other things that you get excited about too, that, that just come with that. But truly the absence of sin is something that you said it. I can't even wrap my mind around. Like I was listening to to a pastor. He, there was just something, a thought that he helped me realize listening to the sermon that I hadn't thought about before is how often do I leave church, like a church service? And the first thought that runs through my mind is, man, I didn't love the the worship, you know, Ruthie, you're always great. <laughs> Ruthie leads, she serves on the worship team here and you're always great, Ruthie. But I'm just like, oh man, like that song wasn't my favorite song or I'll even in service look over to my wife and be like, like there's just like some songs that like we just joke about not being our favorite and we just kind of like roll our eyes like, ah, like not yeah. this one again, the same <laughs> one. I've heard the someone say, someone someone said before like the 7-Eleven songs, yes. like the, you yes. know, they, what, yes. what, how does that phrase go? Like It's a 7-Eleven, you have it. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, and, and so all, all that is just, I mean, it's good things that, but my own sin and my own selfishness is just keeping me from worshiping in the way that I should be. Like, it, like who cares if it's a song that's not my favorite or that I may be tired of, because it's not for me. Like, that song wasn't written for me. It was written for God, like to worship God. And so, and, and then you look at Revelation 4, and it says this. It says that there are... Uh, angels or four living creatures surrounding God right now, day and night, they never cease. They never miss a day when they say this, they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. Like right now, there are creatures in heaven just worshiping God all day and all night. And, um, like, I, I just don't think they get to the end of the day and be like, man, like, that just didn't hit today, you right. know, like that yeah. just wasn't the yeah. best worship today. Like that doesn't happen. And so I think heaven is going to be a place where like you just like my, our, my sin, our sin will not affect the way we worship. And you're right, Ruthie. I think it's easy for me to be like, well, that'll be boring, you know, mm-hmm. like just worship. And it's like, 
no, like it yeah. won't, it just won't, you know, it just won't. And so, yeah, I could keep talking about that, but <laughs> Annette Reed, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, that's so good. I think something you mentioned was like, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around it and you can't fully imagine what heaven and what Jesus is like. And oftentimes as I've just been contemplating heaven and what's that like, what's been getting me really excited is the fact that there won't be any like human limitation of just like not being able to wrap my head around who Jesus is. And right now, oftentimes I see him through um, circumstances mm. and that's been a big prayer of mine is like, Hey Lord, like don't let me see you through the circumstances in my life, but let me see you for who you are and who you depict yourself in your word and the way that I see you as a faithful, steadfast, loving, righteous God who pursues, um, and a gentle God. And still at times, like I still see him through like humanity, um, versus like him doing that perfectly. And so there's just a joy and excitement of getting to be with him, um, and not being limited by that and just getting to worship and get excited, um, and not be drawn away by, um, my own, misunderstandings or fears but to see him for who he clearly is is something that has been getting me really excited for heaven when I think mm -hmm. about it and is where I would say there's quite a bit of hope and excitement around heaven mm, that's good I think for me when I think about heaven specifically just in this topic of the hope of heaven there was a season of my life where um, I was a profess professing Christian and um, but had a ton of anxiety in my life uh, about what my life was looking like, look what my job was, who my relationships were, who the people that I surrounded myself with. There was a lot of anxiety for me. And I was reminded of the verse, Psalm 73, 25, whom have I in heaven but you, O Lord? There is nothing on earth that I desire more than you. And I would say that verse, and for me, it wasn't always true in my life. And I wanted it to be true in my life, but I wasn't sure why it wasn't true. And so when it says, whom have I in heaven but you, O Lord, there's nothing on earth that I desire more than you. For me, in my life, I would say that as a Christian, but didn't always act like that. Didn't always act like there was, that it was the, my main hope and my main desire was the Lord in, in heaven and him again in that relationship with God. Because there were things in this earth that I was worried about, that I was stressed out about, and I was anxious about. And so thinking about heaven and knowing the hope of heaven and knowing that perspective gives us not a disconcern or just like mild, like I don't care about anything here, but it gives us a freedom to not worry about it, not be anxious about it and not, uh, we get to care, but it's not a, uh, it's not a, I don't care about this anymore. It's, uh, my hope and my, my, my bank account basically is, is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that's what Paul for Philippians one, you know, to live is Christ to die is gain. Yeah. I think that the the hope we have is, is a hope that's like, man, if I, if I die, that's gain. If I get to keep living, that's, that's Christ, which is also gain because I get to keep living for Christ and, mm -hmm. and sharing Christ with others. But really, okay. I want to, I want to talk about just, let, let me read this verse. That that just talk that uses the phrase the the hope of heaven, mm -hmm. and I want you to to just I mean as we think about the question like what is the hope of heaven and specifically as a student or students listening to this podcast how should the hope of heaven change the way we live today? Uh, and so here here's this verse it's 
Paul speaking, and I'm going to paraphrase. It's Colossians 1, verses 3 through 5, but it says, We always thank God when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And so, I mean, just to really paraphrase, Paul is saying, we always thank God because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And so not just because of the hope you have in heaven, but that there's like hope. He's thanking God because there's hope for like Ruthie laid up in heaven. And so how does that change the way you live right now? Which I know we've talked about a little bit, but just to get very specific and practical, like how does that change the way Ruthie has lived her life? Yeah. Um, I think on earth we can specifically in high school think that things are so final, you know, like we didn't get asked to prom. We're never going to recover, you know, or like we didn't pass this class. We're never going to recover. And it's just, we think things are so final and, you know, to put it like specifically in my life, my mom died, you know, and that's really final, you know, she's not coming back and I can get so caught up in I mean, man, I've said this word a million times, but the finality of everything and heaven is just wiping all of that off the table and heaven's saying, hey, death isn't final because Jesus defeated it. You know, Jesus said, "Mm, death, not a big deal to me. I'm going to I'm going to take care of that for everybody. And I think in high school, we can just really live with the perspective that this is it and that the hardships on earth are just going to follow us for the rest of our lives. And yeah, life is hard. A lot of the time suffering is really hard. High school in 2023 is really hard. But man, First Corinthians 10 says, no temptation has overtaken you, you know? And the Lord is not gonna allow us to be tempted beyond anything that we're able to bear. And we have that hope because while life is difficult and while trials seem so heavy and dark, and permanent in the moment, heaven is absolute the absolute certainty that sin does not follow us where we're going. You know, the absolute mm-hmm. certainty that like everything on earth that seems like it's gonna just be the end of us. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So hypothetically, let's say every student listening to this podcast, if they just started thinking about heaven every day, mm-hmm. wow, how do you think that would change? their lives or their schools or their friendships? Like, what do you practically, what do you think would happen if Christians actually started thinking about heaven? Hmm. I think our society and our culture would just look so much different. You know, Um, we can be so scared of disappointment of like, oh, I wanted, I hoped that I would get into this college and I didn't. And I'm disappointed now. And we can just become scared of hope you know, because hope isn't met in the way that we want it to be. But man, if we could live with the hope, with the knowledge that the hope we have in heaven is always going to be fulfilled, Mm. like everything on earth just falls away, you know? Mm. That's good. (laughs) I love what you just said with that of like your hope in heaven and having confidence in that is different than having your hope in something on earth that Mm -hmm. is fleeting. Um, and I would say the object of our hope is where that confidence comes from. And we can be confident in a God who is faithful Mm -hmm. and keeps his promises. And that truly is the hope of heaven. It's the hope that Jesus is coming back. He's keeping his word. And we see all throughout scripture that he's a faithful God and we are moving towards that. And so 
I'd also even say that um, having hope in heaven can influence you um, in your life right now in two ways. And I'd say one of those is on an emotional level of like when you have confidence in Christ, um, that's going to help you process anxiety and fear and all these things and anger and frustration that can come with the hardships or just the expectations of life and what it puts on you, whether it's grades in school or suffering or a family member passing, like those are hard things to carry and still with that, the Lord is good. And it's not a, man, there's pain, but God is good. It's a, and still with that, he is in it and he is faithful. Um, and he is where we can rest and there's joy in the midst of that. Um, and so there's an emotional level, there's a confidence and a peace that comes with putting your hope in Christ and moving towards eternity. And then I would also say there's an action piece of when your hope and confidence is in the Lord and you're not fighting to find satisfaction um, in the world or process through these anxieties, you're able to act out on that confidence. And in the second Corinthians, it says, so whether we're at home or away, our aim is to make it to please him. And so I'd say the call to action with your hope in heaven is to please the Lord with the way you live your life on earth. So that's going to be simply as he says, hey, the first commandment is love me and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so that is just hope in heaven is a call to action of, man, I get to love and serve other people and make the Lord known to him while I am confidently trusting and waiting on the Lord to keep his promise of coming back. Yeah. That's so good. And if I had to add one other thing to, to how does the hope of heaven change our lives today and how can it change our schools or our workplaces? It's Second Corinthians 3, uh, verse 12. It, it's talking about how our hope today looks different than the hope that Moses had or people in the Old Testament have where they didn't have a clear of a picture as what was to come uh, for us. Like not only uh, can we look back at the cross now, but we get to look at the what the future that awaits for us. But anyways, second Corinthians three twelve it says, uh, since we have such a hope, we can be very bold. And I think Ruthie, you were touching on that where it's just, I, like, I, I, I am so scared of disappointment, especially in the way that I talk to people. And I think part of the hope in heaven is saying that, Hey, to live is Christ. And so, and, like as long as I'm on this earth, and Paul continues to say this in Philippians, as long as I am on this earth, it is going to be fruitful labor for the sake of Christ. And so part of me, the hope of heaven, what that means is I get to be very bold and you get to share that with people. And I, I want to be more bold and to, to share the glory of heaven with others because that that's the hope of heaven is it's not just going to be me there. It's not just going to be like the four of us there. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be like every, anyone who trusts in their Lord as in, in Christ as their Savior is going to be there. And so, and I get to share that with other people and I get to, we get to make a difference like with the help of the spirit to share that hope with others. So yeah, I, I just get excited how we don't have to, to cover our face with a veil like Moses did when we are sharing our hope um, of heaven. And so Ruthie, is there anywhere in God's word in the Bible that you turn to when you think about the hope of heaven, any verses that just encourage you to think more of heaven? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Psalm 8410 talks about um, just one day with the Lord is better than Hmm. anywhere, anything, you know, and it is, I think it says it would be better to be a doorkeeper 
mm. in the gates of heaven than anything else. And it's just crazy to think about that. You know, um, this world is just so focused on being entertained and entertaining mm. people and, you know, having as many things going on in your schedule as possible. But man, to be a gatekeeper for the Lord would be the greatest honor of yeah. all time, you know, and then throughout the Psalms, just so much, it says his mercy endures forever. His love endures forever. Mm. And God endures forever. And it's crazy to like wrap our minds around it never ending. Like mm. we can't, you know, like again, mm -hmm. our human minds cannot wrap around like eternity and it's beautiful. It's so beautiful to think about like heaven and the love and the comfort and the presence of Jesus, you know? And then yeah. again, in second Corinthians five, it talks about to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, you know? And it's, it's just a beautiful reminder to mm -hmm. know that heaven is just with Jesus. Yeah. I love that, man. Thank you for sharing that. And Ruth, yeah, I got, got one more question for you, for everyone, but just wanted to say thank you for coming on the podcast. I can tell you just prepared real well. And it wasn't a type of preparation that's like, oh, man, I'm coming on a podcast. Let me think about this for the first time of my life so that I have <laughs> stuff to say. I can just tell that these are thoughts that have been on your heart for a long time and are uh, stored deeply in your heart. And and so I love that. And I love that, that you're just with us today sharing it. But as we close, what is one last piece of advice you would give to a student listening or whoever is listening that maybe they're going through a hard time and they don't have hope or they don't know where their hope is. Or maybe it's a student who life is pretty easy. In fact, so easy that they kind of really enjoy life and they just don't think about heaven. But just as we close, what is one last piece of advice you'd give to anyone listening on the topic of the hope of heaven? Um, I think I would say that there are people who have different excitement levels to heaven, you know, and it does not like just because I'm super duper excited about heaven, like don't let that influence how like don't don't let that cause shame in mm -hmm. your mind for like, oh, I'm not excited enough about heaven, you know, but truly find that for yourself. Like, hey, maybe if you're not super excited about heaven, like take a step back, look at your life and think like maybe why. Why am I not super excited? Am I idolizing my social status? Am I idolizing, you know, my friends? Because the end all be all is Jesus. Like at yeah. the end of the day, it is Jesus. And we are on this earth to point glory to him. Um, so that we can experience like that glory in heaven again, you know? So don't like, don't have shame for not being excited about heaven, but get to know like, what does the Bible say about heaven? What does heaven entail, you know? And then the flip side of that is like, hey, be faithful where you're at. You know, it is really like, I mean, losing my mom has been the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And I can look back over the last year and say like, there's so many days where I didn't, I didn't think I was going to make it. You know, I didn't think like, I thought the grief was really going to take me over, you know, and then back to first Corinthians, like there's no temptation that has overtaken you. And just realizing that hey, just because heaven is on the other side and heaven is the absence of sin and the presence of the Lord, that like, it's not up to me to decide the day that I go to heaven. That's mm -hmm. up to the Lord, you know? And I have to be faithful um, where I am with the time that the Lord has given me, no matter what that allows, you know? Mm, that's good. I think Philippians 3, 2, it just says our citizenship is in heaven. 
and we eagerly await a Savior from there, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what you're talking about, what makes me think of is is the word he uses is we eagerly await and not we anxiously await. Yeah. There is a, mm. a, a great waiting that we get to wait on the Lord. It's an anticipation. It's an excitement. Um, but it's not an anxious fear. Um, and then the other thing I would say, it's just Second Corinthians 4.18. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that just affects our entire lives of what we set our heart on, what we fix our eyes on. If it's the things around us, the things that we let our world around us affect us uh, and make us anxious or make us fearful or make us worried about our life right now. But if we set our eyes on what is unseen and what is eternal and the hope that's in Christ, then our life is 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 a lot more free. It's a lot more free from anxiety and fear, uh, and it's a lot more sturdy and set on the Lord. Yeah, that's so good. Um, what I would just leave y'all with is if heaven isn't something you think often of and are excited about, or maybe when you do think about it, you're not sure what to even think. Um, the greatest blessing of heaven is unhindered fellowship with the Lord. Um, so when you think about heaven, your thoughts should be about who Jesus is. And if you're not really sure, or you're like, why should I be excited about that? I just encourage you to get in the word and figure out who Jesus is by his word, because he's a faithful, loving, kind, and caring God. And heaven will be a time where you are just with him, getting to worship and enjoy him for who he is. And in Hebrews ten twenty three, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who has promised is faithful. And that's just one attribute of his character, which is his faithfulness. And our hope is rooted in that. And so I would just say like, Hey, when you think of heaven, think of Jesus and figure out what you think about Jesus. Yeah, those are so good. Um, I'll just close with a little bit of my, my experience with thinking about this. And when I was, in middle school, high school, I, I don't even know how old I was, but when I was younger, I remember giving my life to Christ, like many people do who grew up going to church. And um, a lot of my reason for giving my life to Christ was so I could gain heaven and miss hell. And I just think that that was a unhelpful <laughs> way of looking at heaven. I'm like, okay, I want to go to heaven so that I can live forever. Like that's what I'm being told by the pastors and friends and whoever like that. If you accept Christ, you will live forever and, and it will be like a good time up there, you know? And, and, but if you don't, then you're going to have a bad time down there. And I was just like, Oh, like, I don't want a bad time. I want a good time forever. So I'm going to say yes to this. Right. But that was just, such a shallow way of thinking it, of thinking of it and just unhelpful. And I would say unbiblical in many ways where that's not the goal of heaven. The goal of heaven is not to miss hell. The goal of heaven is so that way you can just experience the glory of God, that way you can give glory to God forever and be in his presence forever. And so I just want to encourage whoever's listening to this, whether you've been a believer for your whole life or whether you are just now coming to the faith to just ask the question, like, what gets me excited about heaven? And you don't have to be a theologian to understand this. Like, you don't have to uh, be super smart or know your Bible to ask that question. In fact, even as we celebrated Easter, what what was that, three, four weeks ago, um, I was just thinking about 
the guy who was on the cross next to Jesus, the thief on the cross, who Jesus told him, what, like, to, today you will be, or what was it, tomorrow you will be with me in paradise? I think, I guess it was today. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. And just the fact that, like, I bet that thief on the cross, like, even though he didn't even know who this Jesus guy was, was probably thinking about, okay, what is this paradise going to be like? Because I will be there today. Um, and so that is, if I were you listening today, I would ask yourself, like, what will heaven be like? What will this paradise be like? Because I'm, I can be there someday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Ruthie, thank you. Thank you for coming on this podcast and having this conversation with us. This was a lot of fun. And this was our last episode of the season. And so starting next fall, we will be on season eight, which is crazy. And we as a Shoreline uh, students team, students team are already thinking of just a lot of fun topics and uh, fun episodes that we have planned for you guys. So stay tuned for season, season eight. But in the meantime, have an amazing summer and smash that subscribe <laughs> smash the subscribe button leave yeah, the review go cheer on the raging ducks the thunder ducks the lightning ducks and whooping come on guys I was worried you weren't going to say smash the button <laughs> love it see you guys